mash it. And when it had been fully prepared by the feet of an oxen, they would take it and the wind would blow away the husk, the dusty part. And what was left was used to keep men alive. Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to have you. Jesus has seen into the supernatural. He heard a conversation that went on between Lucifer and the Father. And Lucifer approached God the Father and said, I'd like to have Jesus' sermon, or servant, Peter. I want to show you what he's made of. And he wants to do great things. He wants to accomplish things for you. But he seems to be different. And he has great confidence in him. He seems to be whatever Jesus has called him to be. That's what he is. And see, we don't want to go through trials and testings. And sometimes our failures are hard to see because they're clouded by our emotions and our humanity and our carnality. That's why, allow, that's why God allows us to go through times of testing. Because when everything is easy and comfortable, we're less like God. That's right. We're less like to go to our knees in our prayer closet and pray The glory of God is less evidence in us, but it takes testings and trials, and we need to be trampled and stomped. And we need to be pulled and tested to go through these kind of things. And when we do, our faith is increased. And see, most Christians don't want to go through trials and tribulations and testing, but the Bible teaches us that we are to glory in our tribulations. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. See, there's a process you have to go through. You can't skip, you can't bypass, and you can't detour this process that God has designed for your life. It may seem that it's taken eternity. You may feel like you're getting older. You may feel like others are getting ahead of you. But there's something more important than to be, there's nothing more important than to be where God wants you to be. And that you hear the voice of God and the Holy Spirit. And you humble yourself at the feet of the Master and let Him prepare you for better and better things. See, that's why He died. That's why He shed His blood on an old rugged cross. So that when you knelt at the foot of the cross, you could cry out to Him and you could humble yourself before Him and He could pour Himself into you. And you'll be a much better person, not only a better Christian, but you'll be a much better person when God pours His Spirit into you. And the strength that He gives 
is greater than he that's in the world. Don't you understand that? And what the devil doesn't understand, I know I'm no match for the devil in my flesh, but what the devil doesn't understand, and he doesn't seem to get it, that the more he knocks us down, the more the grace of God operates in us. And we keep getting back up. See, he's actually helping us be more like Jesus. Have you ever gone through something that you don't understand why you're going through it? But when you go through it and you come out of it, then you're much closer to God. He will bless you beyond measure. We don't know what God can do. Seeing the devil doesn't realize it, and we don't realize it. We learn the most when our hearts are broken. We become most like Christ when truth and faith and dependence on God seems to shine through an earthen vessel. And all we have to have is to cling to the hand of God. So the devil chases, and actually he doesn't realize he's being chased. He tries to tear up our lives, constantly invades our families. Constantly tries to put boundaries and differences in our lives with other people. He tries to keep the church stirred up about something meaningless. You ever know most arguments in churches and in your family are about little things that don't amount to very much. And we, we, we cling to those little arguments and we want to back them up with everything we have. And really, we're not backing up very much at all. No. <laughs> yeah, like Connie said, it, it doesn't matter. When it comes out, when Carol and I got married, we've been married six and a half years. And we have not had one argument. For one thing, I'm too old to argue. <laughs> you know, you never know how much time you have on this earth. All right, So why argue? You know, things wash out anyway. So the devil wants to stir us up. He makes moms and dads get on their knees and say, "You not have my children. You not invade my family." You won't take over our church. We have too many people in here that are Holy Ghost filled that are not going to let the the devil come in and take what we got. He wants to take whatever you have and do away with it. And every time the devil comes at us and knocks us down, God's children get back up. When he gives you his best shot, his most organized tactic, his greatest missile thrown in your direction, that's when the power of a resurrected Jesus will rise up in your soul and you'll stand up again. Let me tell you a great proverb. A righteous man falleth down seven times, but he gets up again. So what's the purpose? God is showing you about the temporary, the human, 
the carnal. The outward man is perishing, but something is happening on the inside. Second right. Corinthians 4, 8 to 11, it says, We are troubled on every side, yeah. but not distressed. Right. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Yes. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. That's right. And one translation says, we are knocked down, but we will never be knocked out. Amen. Always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. The purpose of the test is to cause you to depend less on your feelings and more on his keeping power. Less on your present circumstances and more on the eternal plan. Less on the moment and more on the vastness of God's divine Design. You're only here for a few short years. Don't live like you have 10,000. You're only here for a short time to work for Christ. You only have a short time to be developed in His image. You only have a short time to be full of praise and glory. No time to complain and think about quitting. You only have a few days for God to teach you what heaven's all about. Mm-hmm. See, this earth is boot camp. That's right. We're getting ready for the kingdom. This earth is school. That's right. We're going through teaching phase after teaching phase. Test after test. Yeah. But graduation day is coming. And I want to tell you something. The saddest thing in all the world is to get to the 11th grade and decide to drop out. Come on, that's right. That's right. Saddest thing in all the world is to pass all the semester tests and decide not to face the rigors of the finals. Let me say this. Before the rapture of the church, and it's coming soon. Amen. You may as well get ready for some persecution That's right. of the church. God's got to do some cleaning up and some cleaning out. Yes. Judgment begins at the house of God. Amen. This world is coming for Christians. We're supposed to be a Christian nation, but we're not. We're everything but. People are being fired from their jobs because they're a Christian all over the world. God doesn't need any of us. No matter how many souls we win, what kind of reputation we may have, God doesn't need us. He got along fine before we came along. But He still required that we live in righteousness and serve Him in holiness and obedience. You see, people don't want to live the way the Bible tells us to live. 
they search the Bible over to see if they can rectify what they want to do. They'll search it until they find a verse here or there. Say, well, I can do that. I can do all things because I can do all things. No, you can't. You know, I'm not a judge. Pastor Mark's not a judge. Pastor Keith's not a judge. Pastor Damien's not a judge. But see, we're going to have to answer one of these days. To the judge. I want to hear him say, well done. My good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. See, we have a... We have a confused description of what heaven's going to be like. We're all going to be playing a harp and floating on the cloud. Uh, it's not going to be that way. You know, I really don't have any idea what it's going to be. You know that, that old song, just give me a cabin on the, yeah. in glory land? Yeah. There ain't going to be no cabin over there. I don't even care if we have a mansion. I just want to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. See, he's the one that makes it possible. People don't want to hear that. They want to hear that there's all kinds. Of, well, I think this is the way to go. And I think that's the way to go. All gods are all just one. Nah. There's only one God, and he died on Calvary. And then he rose again on the third day. Why? Because he loves us. He loved you before you was even born. He knew you was going to be here this morning. You know, it seems like Peter did fail the Lord. See, Jesus prayed that his faith wouldn't fail. Yet he denied him three times. He ran away. He forsook him. After Peter stood in that courtyard and someone said, I saw you with Jesus. Peter said, no. I don't know what you're talking about. And someone else said, ah, your speech speech betrays you. I don't know him. And a third person said, yes, I saw you. I don't know him. Leave me alone. And about that time, Peter looked up and Jesus was on the balcony. And their eyes met. That's right. And he remembered, Jesus said, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. 
He blew it. He failed. A sickness came into his gut. He got weak in his knees. The perspiration started to flow. And at that moment, he realized he had the greatest opportunity of his life. And he threw it away. And there was Jesus handcuffed to prove it. The Bible says he ran away and he wept bitterly. Then he heard they nailed him to a cross. Oh, it hurt. He let him down. Why didn't he fight? Then he heard they put him in a tomb and it was over. Have you ever wanted to do something and you change your mind at the last minute and then it was over? He had the Greatest chance of his life to be a champion for God. And he turned around and he forsook him. He was a wimp. He copped out. And you know, it happened so quickly. I play golf at the country club. When I started playing there, one of the men that plays there I used to go to church with. And he knew that I became a pastor. He told the other people. I don't try to hide my Christianity. One of the men, he's, Tom is 94, I think it is. calls me preacher. <laughs> he say, how you doing, preacher? But see, Peter denied him. Yeah. He hid. He had an opportunity to stand up for Jesus. And he, he decided not to. You know, we get that opportunity almost daily. That's right. When we're out in this world, we get that opportunity to stand up for our Lord and Savior. And we'll turn away. Don't. Don't acknowledge that Jesus saved us. I remember when I was working, I was the sales manager for a roofing company. and one I was out with one of the salesmen one day and and he said, Ron, he said, you're religious, aren't you? And I said, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I said, I have a relationship Amen. with Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. See, there's a difference. That's right. Amen. That's right. When you're religious, That's right. you do this, this, and this. That's right, Brother Ron. That's right. And the next time you're in church, you do this, this, and this. That's right. That's right. But see, when you, when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, just like your spouse or your friend, 
You talk to him daily. You get to know him. You know, there's nothing like knowing Jesus Christ. I've been in the church all my life, but I never got serious until I was 42 years old. And it made a difference. I finally, I got a new Bible. My first wife got me a Bible in 1989. I started reading the Bible in 1990. I've had Bibles my whole life. But I look at it on Sunday morning when we was at church, then put it on a shelf or somewhere when I got home, picked it up the next time I went to church on Sunday. But I started reading the Bible. I, I started finding out who Jesus Christ was right. and what he's done for us. You know, I heard all the sermons. I figured one time... I've, I've heard about twelve or 13,000 sermons in my lifetime. <laughs> but until I was ready to give my life completely. See, you can come to this altar and pray, just like Lisa did this morning, and accept Jesus Christ into her life. Amen. Unless you go beyond that, and get to know who Jesus really is, you're going to stay the same. Yeah. See, next year at this time, you've got to be closer to Jesus. Amen. And the year after, closer Amen. to Jesus. Yeah. Tomorrow, we need to be closer to Jesus than we are today. Yes. And see, you know, what it, you know what it amounts to? How much do you trust Him? Right. How much do you trust Him? Do you trust him just a little bit or do you trust him with your whole life? Right. And there's a, there's a big difference in that. Until you get to the point in your life that you say, I'm going to trust you, Lord, with everything. I'm going to turn my whole life out over to you and let you do the directing of my life. But so many people, they want to say, I want control of what I do. Well, I don't. I need somebody to help me. Right. My life was a mess before I decided to make a, get a relationship with Jesus Christ. And after that, then he's going to do wonderful things in your life. Things you never imagined being able to do. And you're going to have peace of mind. See, that's the one thing. No matter what comes your way. Carolyn's been sick for two and a half months now. But... I still have peace about it. Amen. That oh, yeah. it's going to be completely all right. Amen. Amen. And yes, it is. because we serve a Savior that is concerned about every little bit. I've heard people say, well, you know, I don't want to bother with Jesus with this. It's a little problem. I'll take care of myself. No, I want to, I want to involve him with every problem in my life, Amen. every situation in my life. And you know what? That's what he wants. It's not like, well, he, he's not going to take care. He's going to take care of these big problems that all these countries are having. No. We, we, what we do, we put Jesus in a box. And we say, Lord, here, I'll take care of this and you take care of that. And that one's a whole lot bigger. But he, he wants to do this little thing for you too. Amen. Yes, he does. And you have to, like Connie said, you have to give all of it to him. Amen. 
not just part of it. That's right. You have to give everything to him and be willing to say, Lord, here, have me. Yes. Use me whatever way you see fit. And, and he will... He will do things in your life you never think possible. That's right, Come on now. Amen. 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 He will. I, I, we can't limit what God can do. And we want to do that. We want to build an addition on here back this way. Why? So we can get more. So, not so we can have a great number. So we can get more souls Amen. in here Praise that God. needs to hear the yes. salvation Amen. in Jesus yes. Christ. But it happens quickly. Three days, Jesus has been dead. Here comes a woman one morning. You know how women are sometimes. They get very emotional. <laughs> they say, well, Ron, you do too. Well, <laughs> I can't help it. Can't, can't Damien. Can't help it. God made me this way. I'm going to ride it all the way to glory. <laughs> She said, fellas, he's alive. I saw him, he's alive. Amen. Oh, shut up, woman, Peter said. <laughs> See, he was hurting. It was killing him. Yeah. He said, get that silly woman out of here. She said, by the way, Peter, he said to tell you especially that he's still around. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, he's still around. He hadn't left. He's not going anywhere. He's still around. There was that moment of hope. But he's denied him. He said, I'm going fishing. Anybody want to go fishing with me? See, I wouldn't have said that. I'm not a fisherman. I would have said, I'm going golfing. <laughs> if I'm going to fish, it's going to be some balls that's in a lake somewhere. Right, right. <laughs> He said, I'm sick of this whole thing. Three and a half years my life been in turmoil. He taught me how to cast out devils. I was with him when he raised a dead man. I was there when we fed the 5,000. I've seen it all. Now in God's name could I deny him. And this silly woman... Is it a dream? What am I going through? She said he called my name. Have you ever heard the Lord called your name? Oh, yeah. Lisa, you did this morning. Amen. 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 
He called your name and you came and prayed and accepted Jesus Christ into your life. He said, I'm going fishing. So he climbs into his boat. He's got a headache. He can't eat. He feels like he's dying. And he's in the boat, and John's in the boat with him. They hear a voice that says, Hey, fellas, have you caught any fish? John says, You know, it sounds kind of familiar. He said, fellas, have you caught any fish? John said, it's Jesus. And Peter jumps in the water, swims to the shore. Jesus sitting there, he's fixing breakfast for him. Can you imagine your Lord and Savior sitting on the, the beach, got a fire burning? Yeah. Got some fish frying. I don't know where he got the fish. I don't know where he got the, the utensils. <laughs> Doesn't say. But he's frying fish. He said, you want something to eat? He said, yeah, I'll take something. Wouldn't it be marvelous to be right there? Yeah. and have Jesus cooking breakfast for you. <laughs> Jesus said, Peter, let's go for a little walk. Peter said, ah, I know it's coming. <laughs> He's going to let you have it. But see, growing up, I don't know if any of you like me, I grew up in the Church of God, Pentecostal Church. A lot of times it was what you looked like on the outside right. That's instead of what you had on the inside. That's right. That's right. See, you could look like a beautiful Christian coming in, mm -hmm. but the inside may be sour, yeah. be polluted. My mom, she was worried about it. We had five kids in my family. And she, she didn't want anybody to think bad about her kids. I know in church, they usually sit on this side. And uh, I sit on that side as far back as I could get. <laughs> and I would position myself... I see my mom. My dad didn't watch. But mom did. She was constantly turning and see what her kids were doing. But I would position myself so that there'd be somebody between me and her. <laughs> Peter wanted to say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I know you let I let you down. You told me I would. I should have been aware of it. Lord, please forgive me. I don't deserve anything from you. You ever been that place? Absolutely. Say, Lord, you've been so good. I don't deserve any more. Yeah. But you know, 
He's a God of abundance. And he wants to give you an abundant life. That don't mean you're going to be rich. But you know what it means? That you're going to have love for other people. Amen. That's right, brother. You're going to have a joy Mm -hmm. that people say, well, you're going through all this kind of thing. How can you be so joyful? Because of Jesus Christ. He's going to give you peace that comes when when tragedies happen. He'll give you a peace about it. And you can't explain it. But Peter didn't say anything. Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I do. Jesus said, feed my sheep. He didn't say, you blew it, boy. He didn't say, you're no longer a disciple. The anointing gone. I would hate that. I would hate to lose my anointing. Without the anointing, I couldn't stand up here. Amen. He said, I still have as much confidence in you right now after you failed me as I did the day I called you from the seaside. That day when I stood and my shadow came over you, and I said, from now on you'll catch men. I knew you was going to fail me then. I knew everything you was going to do. I saw, but I saw something way down on the inside. Mm-hmm. Beyond that pitiful loud mouth. And Peter did have a mouth, yeah. loud mouth. Yeah. And that stupid thing you have about yourself. That impulsive way. You never think things out. You just go on a binge. You're on a tangent. But Peter... I knew you was that way when I called you. I knew you let me down. But Peter, after all is said and done, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. You've been to the bottom. You know the grace of God. Now you know what it is to fail. Now you know what it is for God to pick you back up and restore you. That's right. You know, that's a a marvelous thing about Jesus. Yes. See, we're human, Mm -hmm. and we're going to make mistakes. Pastor Mark's going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. Pastor Keith and Damien, we may be pastors, but we're going to make mistakes because we're human. But you know what? We have an advocate with the Father. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he goes to bat for you. When you come back and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I let you down. I failed you. Suddenly, It was all crystal clear to Peter. He remembered that moment when the Lord said, Peter, Satan wants you. 
He's going to sift you like wheat, boy. But I pray for you that your faith would not fail. And it dawned on him. He didn't say, you won't fail. See, we fail every day sometimes. Paul said, I fail daily. He said, why do I do the things I know to do or not to do and don't do the things I know to do? When Peter denied Jesus, he still had faith in the fact that he was the son of the living God. When he walked away and held his stomach and felt like throwing up because of his sin, he still knew he was the son of God. Peter did not fail in his faith. He fell in his walk. And there's a great difference. He had a bad day. You ever have a bad day? You know, a lot of times it's easy. You get caught up what you're doing and you have a bad day. Or you're in a place where you shouldn't be and you have a bad day. Jesus is not going to cast you aside because you made a mistake. That's right. Amen, brother. Now, if it becomes a lifestyle, that makes a difference. We have to learn from our mistakes. Try not to redo them as best we can. That's why God God sent the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. And he will help you. He comes along beside you. He's a paraclete. And he walks with you and he talks with you. If you let him. Mm -hmm. But see, sometimes... He may be talking, we don't want to hear. See, we've got to have our listening ears on. And say, Lord, just direct me. Show me what you want. But I've done it. I failed him. I messed up. I've missed his will. I've hurt people. I failed God. But every time, I've always known he's God. And God has helped me. He let me be human. He'd been lenient with me. He brought me through some tests. I had to be tried. I've been stomped by a few oxen. I've been hurt. I've been broken. But through it all, I learned this about God. He is faithful. Yes, he is. When he calls you, when he raises you up, when he establishes you in his kingdom, When he makes you sit in heavenly places, he's not going to thump you aside because you're human, because your flesh gets in the way. You see, God's a good God. Yes, he is. Praise God. See, what he created us, he created us with emotions. And a lot of times our emotion gets the best of us. And we say and we do things we shouldn't do. And then when you sit back and reflect on your day, do you uh, say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm trying the best I can. Help me. Help me daily not to do that again. 
But like I said a while ago, when it becomes a lifestyle, when you have it all planned out, well, I'm going to do this tonight. <laughs> then I ask forgiveness tomorrow morning at church. <laughs> Don't work that way. See, the Bible teaches that we're supposed to live in obedience to His Word. Be righteous because He's righteous. And obedience. Well, what's obedience? Pick up this Bible. And it show you what obedience is. Yeah, that's right. The word of God. And people want to say, well, that's an old book. We don't need it anymore. It may be an old book, but it's a good book. It sure is. It's the best book ever written. Amen. The highest seller of any book ever printed. And it's the Word of God. Amen. And they say, well, you know, there's so many different people that wrote it. But see, they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And they don't contradict each other. That's right. So what are we going to do when we have a bad day? I'm ready for the worship team. If you're listening, <laughs> but what are we going to do? You know, we all have bad days, and we have a Savior that loves us. See, God is a good God. Uh, when I was living in Ohio. I uh, was going to one church. My son and his family was going to another. But he wanted me to come visit one Sunday, so I did. And they, they sung a song. And I just wrote down some of the words. It says, you never run. You never hide. You never fail. You are faithful. Even when I run... Even when I hide, even when I fail, you are faithful. Amen. See, we, we, we have a faithful God, and he's there all the time. And see, this morning, everybody, if you close your eyes for a few minutes. You know, serving God, it's a privilege. Yes, it is. You know, other people have other gods. But do they ever hear from them? Do they really talk to them? See, we can talk to our God. And he hears us. 
we can feel his presence in our hearts and in our lives. And when you really get to know him, it's like a fire that's shut up in your bones. And he wants to bless you. And give you the life that he wants you to have. I'm so thankful that God directed us, me and Carolyn, to Greenwood and to this church. But it's only through the grace of God. But if you're here this morning, and you don't know him. These altars are open. See, time, time is short. Like I said earlier, the rapture could take place anytime. That's one event I don't want to miss. I'm going in the first load. I'm not waiting to go seven years through the tribulation and hoping I can get by. If you can't live the Christian life now, I don't know how you're going to do it then. Because all hell's going to break loose. We haven't seen anything. But these altars are open. There's people in this congregation that will pray with you and help you. Not only today, but any other time when you need somebody, you can call upon anybody in this congregation and they will pray for you and help you. See, that's what a church is all about. We're not just friends. We're family. And so we want to take care of family. So as they sing, Pastor Mark, come up here with me. Pastor Keith, come up here. David, we're here for you. Praise God. Hila hashad la dahai. 